This is the Unearthing Art Podcast with Michelle Luminato and Beck Lee, where we dig into the messy reality of making art that matters, raw and real conversations about being an artist, navigating the creative process, and expressing our honest and sometimes weird selves. So last week, Michelle, you said something towards the end of our conversation, um, which really caught my attention. And I stopped and sort of said, oh, that's so fascinating. And I thought we could talk about it some more. You said, my biggest troubles have not come from being a bad artist. My biggest troubles have come from being a bored artist. Like boredom has that had that big of an impact of you. It kind of, I was kind of taken aback by it. Tell me about that. What what was going on in your mind yeah. when you said that? Well, I I just look back to a lot of different creative adventures and mm-hmm. it's not just my experience with painting, but it's pretty much with just my creativity and and how I um have used that as a as a business tool and just an outlet, right? And I think mm-hmm. when I look back to the challenges that I've faced where maybe I've started something and not finished it or started something and sabotaged it. It's all back to boredom and not being interested in it. And that is just a thread that I can see from this vantage point that I probably couldn't have seen earlier in my mm-hmm. creative journey. It does show up in painting for me as well. And I'm much more aware of that than I used to be. You know, I used to not recognize it for what it is. So you used to not recognize it for what it is. In that moment, what did you think was happening? So I think um, it it can start off looking like Mm self-doubt, a little bit of stir craziness for me, and sort of like looking elsewhere and, you know, not feeling a settled feeling. I don't know if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. So yeah. maybe thinking that the it's not the right idea. So you yeah, think, oh, this isn't like I've gone gone wrong somewhere. I need something to bring something extra to this. Yes, or it's not it's not a good idea anymore. You've lost kind of faith in what you're working on. Yeah, I may yeah. be projecting a little bit of myself. No, it's true. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I may be projecting. No, spot on. <laughs> totally. I think losing faith at some level Mm -hmm. in what Mm -hmm. I'm doing has has been something that is a sign. And again, I look back to all these creative adventures, you know, from my stationary business to even designing wallpaper, which I did for a while as well. I don't even think I've mentioned that on this podcast before, but there's lots of creative things where I'm like, I just, I lost interest with it. And I like had to really peel apart. Well, what is actually happening here? Um, And more interesting, which is why we always talk about the why in this podcast, but I would, I really started looking closer at the why. So it was the losing faith. And I guess part of that is also going, well, am I good enough? You know, and yes, a little bit of that and just a lot, I think self doubt. The reason I'm quite, I'm so fascinated by this is it comes back to something that I think can be a huge stumbling block when we have an obstacle when something comes up when something's not working let's call it that when something's not working identifying the right problem to solve because if you don't have a handle on what the real problem is then you start solving for the wrong things and you end up in a in a real knot because like what you said when I when I quoted you at the beginning was troubles come from not being a bad artist but being a bored artist because when we're in that state that we're talking about and then you start thinking well 
I'm having these feelings, I'm having this sense of not being able to make progress, it must be because this is not the right path or because there's something wrong with my process. So then you start solving for that and you start looking outside, you start trying to do a bunch of things. If you recognized that it was about boredom, that's a whole different set of solutions. You're like, it's not that I've lost the vision or the why, as you say, it's because I've have an opportunity to be more creative in how I'm solving it. It, it just gives it a yeah. whole different vibe for me. It's like puts me in a, a proactive position totally. rather than kind of a defensive weakened position. Yeah. And approaching it. Yeah. And I think what I've noticed too, is that when I've actually understood this better, it does propel me into better solutions rather than watering down things and going the complete opposite of solving yeah. it in a good way. We just go, oh, I'm bored. I just need to turn up my creativity rather than thinking, oh, something's going wrong. And I I'm bad. Rely on my, yes, I, I cannot rely, rely on, on my myself. Room. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think that's the thing that kind of is one of those, like when you start realizing that you're saying that you can't rely on yourself um, rather than actually turn up your creativity and let your, as we say, you know, wave the freak flag. Freak flag fly. (laughs) Yeah, I think that um, because we're creative, we're we're artists because we're creative. And I think we sometimes underestimate how creative our creativity wants to be and how let loose we want to be. And I don't know, there's just so much freedom in it as well. There's peace that comes with that freedom that doesn't happen when I'm busy, you know, thinking that I'm bad, my art's bad. Um, Maybe I should look out to the world outside of me for my, you know, like what's good. And it just, it just starts to unravel. But instead of thinking that something's gone wrong, you can say boredom is actually um, a non-fatal, just a really <laughs> yeah. great indication that, oh, this is the process. And boredom's saying, hey, get your freak on a bit harder, please. And yes. you're like, oh, I could do that. Yes. <laughs> like it becomes yes. a very actionable thing. Yes. After the recording last week, because we always get into it a little bit more, I really had a an insight from that. I was like, hey, Michelle, I think actually boredom is what I have been dealing with, but I would never have thought of it like that. And I thought, why do we not, why are we not talking about boredom more? Like, why don't we acknowledge mm-hmm. that? And there's like a number of things I thought about. One is that I think as adults, we don't really think of boredom as something that features in our lives. Like we've got so much to do. How could we possibly be bored? Um, like boredom is something we were talking about kids on the road trip last mm-hmm. week. So boredom is something that happens at a different time of life. And I think also it's just not something that you're supposed to feel as a grown up mm-hmm. working mm-hmm. person. That's kind of what I came to like this whole work culture, our, our ethic, our work ethic is that work is supposed to be boring basically. Mm-hmm. Like in, on no. one hand, I'm I'm saying we don't think about boredom as a thing, but on the other hand, it's probably more that it's just this background hum. Like work is hard, work is boring, anything worth doing is going to involve just trudging through. So just wipe that possibility from your mind. So when I think we get these signals that, oh, I'm not particularly interested in this perhaps, or this isn't really engaging me, 
this is me saying yeah, this anyway. Yeah. I think the automatic response is, well, yeah, you know, work isn't supposed to be that interesting. Just You just keep working on it. Just keep going. And be grateful for what you have, you little complainer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, imagine this. <laughs> you're know. in a studio playing with paints and you're worried about being bored. You're like, just get on with you, it. <laughs> you bit of a whinger, aren't you? No, I think yeah, that, yeah. see, and this is the thing. We're not like... To say we can't be allowed to be bored is just ridiculous. Why do you think we scroll? Half of mm-hmm. the scrolling that's happening is because, like, you're not interested in the TV show that you've got in the background. You know, like, <laughs> you're bored with that. Like, Oh, my God. Just... Were you, did you have a camera in my lounge room last night? Like, what was... <laughs> I just, I, I'm on? laughing because I can see my family and what's going on. Like, the TV's going yeah. in the background. The phones are scrolling. The headsets yeah. are on. You know, my son plays games. Well, like, it's just nutso what can happen when you're actually not that interested in what's right in front of you. I know in the studio, um, I can, I have lots of examples of previous to me being a painter of that, um, and some sabotaging that happens. And I've seen that happen in the studio too, where maybe I'm, I'm working towards something, you know, good is in like, I'm interested in it, but I kind Mm. of might lose my deeper engagement in it that I'm looking for. I find myself, kind of skating a little bit like Mm. glossing over you know what I mean I don't know if I'm explaining it right but a little less um intentional a little less passionate is it a bit like ticking the to-do list yeah yeah when I find myself ticking off the to-do list in the studio I'm like what am I doing wake up yeah Yeah. wake up you're not actually Um, involved in the process. And I think for me, it ties into that so-called sort of work mode that I'm yeah, getting at, like yeah. the, the jobby job mode. Yes. Like, um, it's like casting my mind back to working in an office. You know, it's like when you're working on some big Excel sheet. <laughs> right, At some right. point you're just like punching the numbers in and your brain switches off. Yes. And you're like, that's okay. That's what I'm here to do. I'm here to punch in numbers. But that's not what we want to be doing in the it studio. It does not bring out the best work. And, and in fact, I will say that that mode of operation sabotages great work. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think that is... Um, for me, it's it definitely weakens my work. It definitely weakens how I feel about my work. It weakens the outcome of my work. And mm-hmm. it's just not as fun. You know, that's the other thing. And as a creative, like, the cool thing is we get to decide what it looks like. And I think this is where I'm, as anyone who's, you know, listened to me for a while or been in my membership, they know, like, I'm all about what's your, what do you want your day to look like? How does yeah. that engaging process look like for you because if we can enjoy our day and when I say enjoy it I mean like have a freaking good time I'm not saying like (laughs) you know be in the studio as a background busy thing I want to go have an adventure I want to have a good time because life is full of shallow things that the automatic things we automatically do Um, So for me, because I mean, let's face it, I am (laughs) middle-aged and I do tend to go to the grocery store and all those boring things like, where's my adventure? Yeah, yeah. And this ties into when when you're talking about the why, as artists, for me, a huge part of the why of, of pursuing this is about having an engaged life or at least having a good proportion of my life that is actively engaged and not feeling like I'm going through life on autopilot. Yeah. So of course that makes sense. Although 
I'm only just articulating and really thinking about it now. And so interesting when you think about it in terms of a mode of operation, because I think we are so trained in so many aspects of our living. You know, we drive, we go to the grocery store, we pay the bills. A lot of it's kind of on autopilot. How many times do you drive to the grocery store and you don't even know like how you got there, you know? Yeah. And that's not considered a problem. Like that seems to be an accepted part of our culture is that's how you get through life. Yeah. Like, that's how you yeah. get through your day. You don't get to do fun things all the time. Sometimes <laughs> you just got to suck it up and get it done. Like it's so ingrained in us that probably uh, now I'm thinking it's not surprising that when you go, well, you know, what I want to do is be really engaged in the studio. I want to explore ideas. But it's not surprising that your brain, we talked about, have talked about this sort of habituated um, behaviors, that your brain has a tendency to want to just check out a bit. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. I think it happens frequently. And I think it happens more often than we're admitting. And mm. I know for me, um, I used to not notice it, you know, literally until the, the point thing. that I've burned the bridge down, like, you know, yeah. with with my stationery company and I wasn't interested even in some of the stuff we were doing, I literally built something up that I didn't really care about. And yeah. the problem with that is, is when you don't care about it, you're, you're going to sabotage that in some way. I mean, that's just, to me, it's like prolonging the inevitable, like let's just come clean and get satisfied with what we want to do. Yes. You know, yep. not live yeah. a fake life or fake, you know, whatever. And I think that's what we're getting at is that this this checking out mode of operation then means that you're unaware that the boredom and the lack of engagement is is at the heart of uh, the problem that you're that we're experiencing in the studio. This is what I really felt like after you said boredom can be a big problem, and I'm like, I'm not even I hadn't even ever considered boredom as a thing. I'm like, I'm busy. I'm doing stuff. How can I be bored? But hey, yes, looking at the same um, kind of image and trying to recreate certain images at, at some point, I just got a bit bored of that. And what we were talking about, unfortunately, after we'd stopped recording last week, you mentioned you'd been working on some inspiration work. Um, and I had just started to do that uh, last week and I realized oh okay this is why I needed to go back and look at my sources and really reconnect into what I had within me that I wanted to say and you said something to me about that because I said that I'd been resisting doing that because to me it felt like the dreaded waste of time you know like I already yeah. knew what I was about I already knew what I was trying to achieve, it seemed like, you know, five steps back, 10 steps back to go back and, and relook at my sources and um, what was really exciting me. But I'm inspired by you because I know that I've seen your work and I, I've seen you create very sophisticated pieces and kind of recreate your approach multiple times. And here I could see you doing what seemed like very kind of basic or foundational work. It's, you know, you're uh, like, oh, you know, an accomplished artist doesn't need to go back and look at that those foundational pieces again, like back to basics. See, but and you this do. Is, this is the thing that I think is the, the, the big secret. The big secret is it's repeating the foundational stuff 
letting your eye have that lens that it has in that current moment to express itself at its utmost creativity because mm-hmm. we change. Me six months ago, it, I don't have the same eye. I don't see the same way. I don't have the same vision. And I think part of that is because as creatives, if we're really challenging ourselves and growing, we just do grow, you know, lucky for us that we have a different point of view. And so I think that tapping into the basics, even though it seems like a basic action, you know, and that's really the framework of origin artists is that basic action that's repeatable. But what are you getting from it? What's the juicy nuggets coming out the end of it? And I've seen, since we talked last week, some stuff that you've done. And I look at it and I go, yes, I see Beck in a fresh new way because you allowed yourself some time for that. And I think that's the other thing that um, we don't really give ourselves permission to do these basic things. I think that's kind of crazy because I just think that if you're going to do a basic thing that re-engages you at a deeper level, how can they, how can you go wrong? Honestly. Yeah. And what you said to me last week when I was saying, uh, you know, Michelle, I'm inspired by watching you do this inspiration process and pulling together different things and re-examining afresh, right? I was inspired by you, but I had this resistance to it like I feel like it's a waste of time and you said to me but Beck the person who I see now is absolutely different from the person who did this you know framework with me this origin art framework with me like a year ago and when we think back to what I had gathered and and what I was working on at that point in time to what I'm working on now like you're a completely different person yeah. so you need to go back and and relook it's not even going back you need to take a moment to take stock of where you are now and yeah. articulate that yes. not it's you know it's not even going back anywhere no. it's actually it's it's instead of reliving and kind of living yes. in that thing that you created a year ago take stock of where you are now and articulate and and give voice to who you are now and with utter freedom, with no connection to that past back in a way, no connection. Of course, there's a connection. I'm it's still, <laughs> she's back. still in it's me, still, it still but the comes point out is, as you. Yeah. Yeah. I went out and I said, okay, from a fresh point of view, from my lens now, let's gather things that represent me. Let's um, question. And when I look at those those two pictures now, yeah, it's totally different. It is totally different. I was quite taken aback by how different it was. There's such a, we don't realize how fixed our perspective is. I think we've Mm -hmm. talked about this a little bit, but um, when I first met you back, when you Mm -hmm. came into my world, you had a fixed perspective on what your process was, what your color palette, like everything about it was you came in with what I, it's not like baggage isn't a bad baggage. It's just, this is what you were in that moment. And through this process, I've seen you really let go of stuff that isn't really important to you. And then it leaves you these really high quality threads of juicy stuff that is back. And so when you're reinvesting into this process, I'd like to look at it more as a reinvestment into 
like you just took those juicy gold nuggets that you found because you kind of stripped away stuff that wasn't necessary and you're able to kind of dig deeper into it. Yeah. Since then, I have developed a whole system for myself, a whole creative yes. process system. And what this is, is it's um, finding the inputs that I want to put into that. And um, for me, I don't, again, I always feel like sometimes it feels like we're talking in code, but it's more that the we can call them inputs or sources. I've been using the word sources a lot because what they are can be so varied and mm-hmm. I wouldn't want... Um, I wouldn't want to give the impression, as I think I've been given the impression in the past, that an artist process can only look one way. So when I we talk about inspiration boards and that kind of thing, and we talk about, oh, we're gathering images, for example, and then out in the world, every artist thinks, oh, that's what a process needs to look like, you gather images. But actually, as we've said, how you respond to things, that what inspires you, you know, it can be images, it can be um, scraps of material, um, it can be words and poetry, you know, that's a lot of what I'm gathering. So we're talking about gathering these sources, gathering these inputs. It's so unique to how we see things. And so this is the part that is not only do we change and it's unique with this point of time and this point of time and reference, like our mm. lens, but as individuals, what I'm interested in is not the same as what you're interested in. It's very different. Mm. And so we're going to yeah. respond to these inputs um, differently. So there's multiple levels. Like what bores me um, probably yes. doesn't yeah. bore back. And you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of nuances to this. Me saying everyone needs to look at inspiration exactly the same way. Like I'm into, I love looking at fashion. I love looking at a lot of things some people wouldn't even care about, you know? And again, I think that that's where it goes into. Like you really have to look at like what actually specifically, you know, gets you excited as opposed to being generic with it. So when I did what is now the Origin Art Framework originally, as you say, I came into it with quite fixed ideas. And so I did this generating process that we have within probably fixed ideas of what I was looking at in the world and and what kind of inputs I would gather. So when I have been doing it this week, like first of all, my scope for what I can include in it is so much broader. So I have a lot, a lot, a much greater range of sources. And what I found fascinating observing myself in this process is that uh, pieces that I was pulling together to look at as a whole and say, okay, how do these ideas connect? What about this is so fascinating to me? What about this is really engaging me and is going to give me the kind of juice that makes me excited to get into the studio and be creative and and do all these things like anti-boredom, basically. Yeah. And I look at that now and what's fantastic about it is, say, of the, um, you know, 25 pieces that I have at the moment, and it's still growing, but the 25 pieces that I'm looking at at the moment, four of those are things that I've pulled from what I had previously in that first process and then, you know, 21 are brand new. But what I find really (laughs) just funny to myself is that of those four, they were all edge cases. 
the first time round. Ah, you know, they weren't the core the things. Now ah. that's what I've moved into. So at the time when I did this process with you the first time, these four things were things that I'm like, oh, here's just some weird thing that I saw. And I was Don't like, know why yeah, I'm just going to include it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just going to put it on the edge. Like, I'm not sure what it means or anything. Now my lens has shifted over. And then as I moved my focus towards these edge things that are a little bit more freaky, let's say, my freak flag, now the web's expanding out around them and it's getting more interesting. It's getting more fascinating to me. And this is the question I have for you. Like, when I see the outer edges, I'm like, what's that? Tell me about mm. that. And it doesn't always reveal itself instantly, but I think yeah. that it's the outer edge stuff that is usually where we don't allow ourselves permission to do those things because for whatever reason. Um, and, yeah. I, you know, without derailing this conversation, I'm really curious, like, how did you allow yourself to go from them being outer edge to being acceptable as a focus? Like, I'm just curious... What's really interesting is it it wasn't deliberate in that I noticed it after yeah I after I'd I'd gathered all my pieces and then I'd gone through a process of examining them, exploring, asking myself questions, filtering things out, kind of distilling and and it's like concentrating a I don't know, a gravy or something, you know, you yeah. you simmer it down, simmer it down until you've got the really essential pieces. And then um, I was just responding to Beck right now in yeah. the here and now was just responding to what she loved and what engaged her. And then I laid it all out in front of me. I physically have a bunch of things pinned on the wall here in the studio with me. And it wasn't until they were up on the wall and I looked at them and I went, okay, just out of interest because now I'm engaging my way of working which is to notice patterns and to notice connections and I started to get that's what I find fascinating that's what keeps me engaged yeah um, which is another point to come back to but when I did that and and to started to notice and just see how things connected and I actually arranged them in the wall um, in a web fashion so I was kind of you know almost like the crazy walls in a crime tv show where there's <laughs> red it. threads going everywhere <laughs> yeah and that's when I realized oh that picture and that picture were from um were the ones that I looked through and said that still feels really relevant and then I'm like oh look how these new images and new pieces relate to that it happened naturally intuitively unconsciously and then I made that connection afterwards and the other thing I touched on there which was that the way I'm interacting with these things is in a way that feels very natural to me it's the way I enjoy interacting with the world it's the way I enjoy it's what makes me interested in things it's the way Mm -hmm. my brain works and I think that's that's really it's, relevant too because yeah. it's the opposite of what we were just talking about. It's the opposite of the mode of operating in a disconnected sense. Yeah. And this may sound completely ridiculous to people. I'm not sure. But I definitely feel like I have a tendency to switch into jobby job 
like get a job done mode of operation Mm -hmm. and again without even really being aware of it so what you know a couple of months ago last month I'm in the studio I've worked up some ideas and it's like my brain tries to switch into that filling in the excel sheet right yeah yeah and what I'm not doing when I'm filling in the excel sheet is this kind of creative imaginative thing which I actually love doing so why (laughs) why am I not switching into it yeah right so when I was doing this process and reinvesting in the process I started off doing it with a little bit of trepidation let's say I'm like oh what is this gonna work what am I gonna discover and then I started noticing because I can't help but do this started noticing the connections started pulling things together and I'm like there's so much here. Why don't I use this creative? <laughs> Why don't I do this all the time? So it's I'm another reminder. You, I'm telling you, it's this is the juicy stuff. And this mm-hmm. is the stuff, It's it leaves us clues of engagement. And I think that a lot of us get into the mode of operation of a job because we're trained to be employees. I mean, from the time yes. we were school kids. So, and creativity is wild creativity is yes. unexpected it's there zoning out isn't going to give you the same result you can zone out and get to the store that's okay but creativity needs to be cut loose it needs to be engaged and it's like opening the cage yeah. and letting the monkeys go wild exactly. like they're running around exactly. and they're like grabbing this and that Yes. And I think one of the things too, that what I was noticing when you were telling me, which by the way, again, I don't want to have like a, oh my gosh, Beck, I'm so excited for your moment, but I'm having definitely a like, <laughs> yay, go back because you let go a lot of fixed ideas that you came in with about painting that mm. may not have been authentic to you as in like intuitive to you. And mm. I think that when we let go of things like you know, we don't even know because we come in and think, you know, as a, as an artist, like, well, this is what we think paintings are supposed to be like, you know, yeah. and I'm saying that as someone who's had those same thoughts. But when we can let go of things that aren't really intuitive to who we are and what we're all about, there's so much space for new stuff. And I think that's why in this moment for you, like you have let go of a lot of things that you really didn't find they were giving you what you were looking for. You were like, yeah, I can discard that. I don't, I don't need that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You've said it so well and you can see all the connections to what we've been talking about because we pick up these ideas of how we're supposed to do the job of being an artist and what that looks like. And we pick up those ideas from looking at other artists and seeing, and seeing the outcomes. We've talked about this, you know, seeing the outcomes of the paintings and to reemphasize again, I think boredom, if we can be aware of when it's happening is a great indicator that that's what's happening, that something's gone wrong because when we're trying to implement these, styles or processes or even you know the medium that we're working in and all these things that these ideas that we have and we're just not that interested in it and it's and we're disconnecting from it where you like as you say you know disassociating kind of switching our brains off it's because we're trying to execute the job of being an artist without being fully 
engaged in it ourselves. Totally. And I think that's where if you have a heavy case of procrastination, um, yep. I think that that is a huge symptom of boredom, huge symptom. It may yes. not appear at you know, as a, cause it doesn't show itself in that way. But if, if I am avoiding the studio, I'm like, what's going on? And I can definitely say that boredom is usually more of a problem than the bad thing I made the first day. So let's talk openly about boredom. And I have a little theory that I've been formulating about this as well, because what you had said to me last week about me being such a different person and that's why I needed to um, reinvest to really uncover who I am now. I think it ties back into that, uh, the challenge and the fear that we can have around change mm-hmm. and the idea that we have changed as people and, and really how unsettling it can be to come to terms with an identity shift. Mm -hmm. So easier to blame your procrastination on, oh, I just need to, I don't know, get a new productivity system or I just need to buckle down some more. Better to deal with the problem of procrastination as its own problem rather than thinking, oh, I'm bored because essentially I have changed. And I yeah. have to come to terms and yeah. I have to rediscover myself. I have to meet yeah. myself anew and that can feel really, I know like at, at a surface level, you know, we're just resistant to change. It feels like a lot to deal with, like we're losing our grounding in a really basic way. But, oh my God, the rewards are like a thousand times more because doing it just focusing on procrastination like again it's not the right problem you're not going to get the payoff from that you just kind of get continue to get stuck in that Mm -hmm. uh, trying to fix something that's unfixable but actually it's really exciting as an artist to re-meet yourself and and discover that there's this uh, untapped really rich source which is what I'm talking about when you get in say oh hey actually what's intuitive to me what's natural to me that's what you're saying it's anti-boredom at that point there's no way you can be bored when you're like really connected authentically with with who you are now and what your way of seeing the world is what really was coming up for me was i was thinking there is a process i think um of fear too when we Mm. discover these things that are very much more about who we are and letting people see us for who we really are um, yes. and, and that change that you talked about, that is something that I see unsettling. I've felt unsettled by that. I know I've seen other artists unsettled by that. And um, being patient with yourself through that process and being gentle um, mm-hmm. and knowing like it's totally normal to feel fear and discomfort when you are letting go of mm-hmm. things and opening up new doors that you're like, oh, how's this going to go? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. But I think you did go through that part of like, oh, this discomfort and this fear. But I don't see that in you now. I see you being more, you're, <laughs> you're, you're like, oh, no, this is me. There's a little bit more of a confidence back. Is that true? Yeah. Or do you feel it that? It is true. 
I do feel that it's a process. It's like a, you know, a spiral process because I've also been, when you flagged procrastination before, I was like, oh yeah, even in doing this investigation this week, what prompted that was recognizing that I was procrastinating, working on things and feeling really stuck and realizing as uncomfortable as it can be that the reason behind that was just a dissatisfaction with what I was working on and saying, ah, to hell with it. Let's just take a fresh look. What's exciting and the reason, like what you're talking about in terms of confidence, I think, is it feels incredibly empowering when you are aligned with what's intuitive to you, when you can access those gifts and strengths that you have instead of trying to kind of operate out of or be a a strange reflection of somebody else's Mm -hmm. process or strengths or gifts when you operate out of your own suddenly that's when the whole well of inspiration the whole bottomless source opens up to you and you're like i could do this you know 24 7 for the rest of my life because Mm -hmm. all i have to do is be me (laughs) think like me, love what I love and be engaged with it. And there's no end to how much I could do this and how much I could generate from this. And I think that's probably what you're seeing. Yeah. When that light goes on and you're like, oh, okay, this is what it feels like to open up the cage, (laughs) let the monkeys (laughs) out kind of thing. Yeah. And know that I could do this all day, every day. Yeah. And I think that's so then you don't have that instead of operating out of that scarcity mindset, let's say that fear mm-hmm. mindset of, oh, my um, inspiration is going to run out tomorrow. In fact, now that I'm saying this out loud, this sounds remarkably like something you've said before. And I did, and I didn't even mean it to. But you've said in a previous episode something like. Now that I work from this framework, I feel like I can see two years down the track or feel like, you know, years down the track that what's unfolding. And there's certainty in that certainty in, in that you are the source. It's just constantly being aware of when you're zoning out and not engaging with it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so happy for you. And just, I just, I think hopefully we can talk about this again because There's a lot of pieces to this. So I think look at these symptoms, you know, that you might be having. Exactly. I'd say Mm -hmm. like for anyone out there going, am I bored? Like, what are your symptoms? And then really Mm. look at, could it be boredom? Are you that interested? I always say that for me, if I'm not interested in solving the problems as in like, when you do get really excited about things, there's going to be challenges. But yes. if you're not that interested in it, you think you're going to want to do those challenges? Not me. No, that's, I think, where the procrastination and stuff sets in. So I, yeah, boredom. And if you're having trouble, as I did, connecting with the idea of boredom because it had been so long since maybe I thought about that as a thing, mm-hmm. notice that mode of operation where you're just disconnecting, mm-hmm. where yeah. you're in autopilot, where you're treating something as something that needs to be done um, because of all the things in the world, I think, um, when you're creating art, (laughs) that's where you need to be connected to source and not doing something because it just needs to be done. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's a, it's yeah. doing it just to be done. It's it's a quick way to kill really good work, I think. Yeah.